Crush in Welcome to the inaugural episode of Fresh and Buds. Uh, I'm your host. Uh, I'm Tom. Uh, I guess you can call me Tommy Fresh. Um, hence the uh, Fresh and Buds. Um, this is a. This is going to be a you know a, a flesh and flesh and blood pr- podcast. You know, if I can learn how to talk, you know, we'll get there. Uh, I'm sure as we get a few episodes in, we'll um, learn how to talk even better. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Flesh and Blood is a, um, I mean, relatively new, uh, TCG trading card game, uh, that, um, is starting to blow up right now, um, as we speak, uh, you know, they have uh, a bunch of Road to Nationals events, they, they had announced a, a pretty structured, um, competitive play system, uh, which, uh, a lot of people were jumping on, uh, and, and uh, before I get to all that, I guess, you know, I'll talk about a little bit who I am and, you know, what my background is. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm Tommy Fresh. I'm the host. Uh, you know, it, the, the plan for, for now on this podcast is, uh, you know, hope, uh, hopefully get some guests on, uh, maybe get a co-host at some point, but I wanted to hop on this. You know, I, I, I've been playing for, you know, a couple weeks now and I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with the game so i was like you know what i i I have another podcast that i don't talk about nerdy stuff it's called the tommy john show uh if you ever guys want to check it out but um i wanted something a little more uh i guess uh streamlined on 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 a single topic and um i also wanted to challenge myself to see how how much i can talk you know I'm, I'm maybe I just really love the the sound of my voice, but you know it's uh it's it's it is a challenge to talk for you know a, a whole episode's worth of 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 content. So we're gonna see how that goes. But yeah, I'm I'm Tommy Fresh, and my background with TCGs is uh you know as a kid I you know definitely collected some Pokemon cards. I wish I kept them uh, based on how the uh, the market for Pokemon cards is right now in the year 2021 however i did not i did not have the foresight in the late 90s to uh keep them uh which uh you know it's a shame but uh maybe one day i'll create a time machine and with that time machine i'll go back and probably scare the shit out of my younger self uh which would probably create some sort of paradox where my older self uh, would start to feel the effects of being scared, uh, like that as a child, but you know, that's neither here nor there. That's not really the, uh, the topic of this podcast, but, uh, yeah, so that's my bad. I mean, well, so I started Pokemon cards, never, never kept them. We went over that. Uh, and then I did a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh here and there, uh, in my middle school years. And then I, I did initially start to get into magic a little bit, magic, the gathering trading card game. Which I still am into in middle school. And then I took a, took a couple years off. And then uh, in high school, you know, some of my friends were getting back into Yu-Gi-Oh! And I was like, I don't really like Yu-Gi-Oh! that much. It's I don't like the, the gameplay. Um, you know, no disrespect to those who like it. It's just not for me. 
And I was like, you know what? Magic was kind of cool. Like I, I played like very casually in middle school and I was like, magic is pretty cool. I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can get my friends into it. And, and, um, if you guys are familiar with magic, you, you know how addicting that game can be and how much fun it is. So that was probably around 2009, 2000. It was right around when M10 came out. Um, if you're familiar with magic and that's when I really got into TCGs, like, like hardcore. I, I mean, I've been playing magic nonstop since then. So we're about oh, 12, almost 12 years. I would say actually 12 years at this point. It's August. I, I started the summer of 2009. It was the summer of 2009. Uh, but um, yeah, so I played magic for a very long time. I still do. I still love magic. But, you know, it, when this flesh and blood game kind of came out, I saw it. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'm still playing magic. I'm not. Uh, I'm not really trying to jump onto a new game, but I thought it was cool. thought it was interesting. Uh, I mean, I was going to, I always had it on my radar to see where it would go. And, uh, the one thing about magic right now is there, I mean, obviously with the, the global pandemic, there isn't really a, um, um, competitive scene outside of magic arena, their, their online client. And I, I like Arena and all. I, I it's it's super accessible, and I enjoy playing it. But um, that's not why I liked TCGs. I like sitting down at a table. I like um, being social. I like meeting people. I like you know, um, the the like you know zoning in on your on your game and like you know when when you're playing on a computer sometimes. You know, I have two screens up right now. I keep looking at both of them and there's nothing on them other than me talking. But um, it's it's just uh, it can be distracting. Like you, you don't you don't I mean, at least for me, maybe I'm a little ADD and I'm sure as you listen to this podcast, you'll say, wow, Tom really um, goes off the rails sometimes. That's, that's OK. You know what? We'll get right back on those rails, ladies and gentlemen. We will get right back on them. But. You know, I, I, um, but yeah, when I play arena online, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm playing on one screen and then maybe I'm on discord on the other. And I'm like, oh, seeing what people are saying. And then like, I look back, I'm like, oh no, I misplayed or I misclicked. And, and that's very frustrating. And, um, yeah, and magic just doesn't have a, a really, um, structured competitive play, uh, thing going on right now. And, and then. It looks like Legend Story Studios, the company that makes Flesh and Blood, saw that and has taken an opportunity to really uh, capitalize on on that. And and they came up with this this great system. Like they're gonna it's like pumped in a lot of money into the season for their callings, which I guess are the equivalent of a GP. And then they they announced national championships, and they had this like pretty straightforward way to qualify for the national champions. You you participate in a road to nationals event. And if you top four, you qualify. Excuse me. And big, it got people excited. People started learning the game. And, and a lot of Magic players started um, learning it. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy some starter decks. And I'm going to learn this game. And we'll see what happens. Worst, worst that can happen is I don't like the game. And... Um, I bought some uh, Blitz. They're called Blitz decks. They're basically starter decks. Blitz is a 
a format in Flesh and Blood. Uh, one of the more casuals is like it's like almost like a a smaller deck and it's like forty cards, almost like a limited deck in in Magic. And I bought some of the um, the Blitz decks for Monarch, the the most recent set. Um, I got a Chain deck, a Bolton. I got all four. I got Levia, Chain, Bolton, and Prism. And um, I started playing. I was just like, I was just go I was like playing them against each other. I learned the rules, and I was like, wow, this this game's so much fun. This is. It also takes some boxes on um, uh, on a lot of what I like in in certain board games. Like uh, Dominion is a game that I really like, and like um, um, other deck building games. Um, uh, why am I? Uh, what's the one that? Uh, it's 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 a lot like Dominion. Ascension, yes, Ascension is the game, and so like it, it almost feels like you've played a whole game of Dominion Ascension. You've built your deck, and now you have it because you're cycling through your cards. You get a new batch every turn. There's always something to do. Uh, the RNG of the game isn't as um, brutal as Magic. Like in Magic, you can miss land drops. You can get too many land drops, and you could just like you know just get unlucky. Now there's a certain amount of that in flesh and blood, but it's 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 uh, mitigated um, based on how the game works. Which um, I'll go over some of that stuff. I mean, this is a pretty much introduction of myself and, and the game um, uh, for those who haven't really played or or or, or whatever. I, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily an expert yet, but I, I I'm thinking about the game all the time. I'm I'm, I'm ready to learn i hope you guys are ready to learn with me and uh yeah yeah i mean so the reasons i really like this game is uh as i said before you know it it checks the uh the tcg box big time you know i mean i i like high fantasy too and i like the 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 flavor of the cards it's uh very cool and and, and i like um um the just the um, the overall feel of the game, it feels very it's satisfying when you when you play out a turn, it's very satisfying the way, um, um, it works out as long as you if, as long as you sequenced it, uh, right? Which this game is a lot about sequencing, um, you know where where magic is like oh man did I sequence that sequence that right or 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 was was that the right way to do it? And this like you have to think about how you're going to play out your turn because if you play one thing first and um and you should have waited to play it second it completely messes up your turn and it could cost you the game sometimes so uh yeah which i mean i played a road to nationals event today i got i'll, I'll admit i got smoked um i don't think it was a lot of misplaying i, I had a couple misplays and we'll get into it um, later in the episode, but uh, I mean, I, I'm also you know still in the budget stage of, of um, playing the game. Uh, I did. I decided not to, um, you know, splurge on the uh, the better cards, uh, but there are more expensive cards, and you know, it, it is what it is, and they're expensive for a reason, and and it's good to see that they are expensive because they are um, good. Right, they're they're seeing play, 
Um, like Pokemon, for example, is like they're they're expensive because they're rare. Very few are expensive because they're good in the game itself. But <clears throat> that uh, that being said, um, there are some cards that are very expensive in Flesh and Blood because of how rare they are, and they're also playable. It's not like they're not playable in decks. It's just uh, you know the the rarity system is pretty wild in Flesh and Blood, and I guess we can go over that. I mean, you got um, at this point, <clears throat> it used to be. Uh, you got your commons, your rares, and your rares are almost like uncommons, but there's, there's, it, but there's like, it's like in between a, a magic uncommon and a magic rare feels like, because you always get two rares. Uh, you're not, you're never guaranteed like a majestic, I believe they call it. I keep wanting to call them mythics. And in the older sets, they had super rares. It was a purple S at the bottom of the card. Um, they were in between the rare and the majestics. Then there's majestics and then there's legends legendaries sounds right uh so a lot of your like big big time equipment and stuff like that um is um a legendary and then you know they get these these really cool foilings and in first edition you can get a cold foil which is really cool and their regular rainbow foils are awesome as well but those cold foils are quite quite hefty on the price but you know it, it is what it is i mean it's it's uh it's uh, it's cool and it's very rare, so I, I get why they're so expensive. There's one card that I really need, Arcanite Skullcap, that is like two hundred dollars right now, and it looks awesome. And uh, I just, it's just uh, you know you gotta hope to crack it. And we're gonna do a crack a pack here in a, in a little bit. I have a I have a pack of Arcane Rising, which that card is in, hoping to, hoping to open it. And um, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. I'm gonna go over. Um, how I kind of evaluate cards because there is a limited format to flesh and blood, which I haven't had a lot of chance to play because, um, you know, I, I've only really just started. I mean, I've only been focusing on, uh, competitive constructed because that's what the road to nationals event was today. And, um, yeah, so that, that's, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to take one quick sip of water, entertain yourselves. I'm not going to do a ton of editing in this podcast. I like a little free form, as you can probably tell already. Uh, yeah, but um, uh, yeah. So I mean, if if you don't know what Flesh and Blood is, the the gameplay is this: you have a hero. Now that seems to be every set they have four different heroes, and the hero has a certain um, kind of class, almost like in D and D. So, for instance, there's a hero called Kano. He's a wizard. And on the hero card, you'll have one number, which is their health, and then one number, which is their intellect. Intellect is the amount of cards you have in hand per turn, or start with per turn. And then health is obviously how much damage you gain. All the health for the, the adult heroes that you use in Constructed Um are 40 except i believe kano is actually a little bit less because he's got a really powerful effect um he's not quite competitive right now but if he gets a little more wizard um support so that, that's an, that's another thing so he has a class and in your deck you can only have wizard cards to use wizard actions they're called or you can have generics which are like you know can be in any deck so um so the wizard actions, so I mean, yeah, let me, let me 
take it back. So you got the hero, and they get a weapon. Uh, they can they have two hands worth of weapons. So you can either have two one-handed weapons or one two-handed weapon. And that will have an effect, and we'll go over that. And then you have your equipment. So you're going to have a helmet. You're going to have something on your chest. You're going to have something on your hands. And you're going to have something on your legs, like your regular armor. And they all have different effects. And when you, when you sit down to play against someone, you reveal your hero. And then uh, you can sideboard uh normally in like magic you would play one game and then you'd sideboard based on your opponent and then play either the second or third game based on if who won which game in uh flesh and blood it's a best of one format so you sideboard before the game it's like pre-boarding so you see which hero you're about to play against uh like let's say I'm I'm playing Kano, right? Whatever, and my opponent reveals um, there. There's a really popular hero right now called Chain. He's a um, a shadow rune blade hero, which you know rune blade is a type of hero, and shadow is like a discipline, right? So he can have both rune blade and shadow cards in his deck. Part of his strategy is he uses these cards that that um, you can play from his banished zone, which is like the exile zone. And, uh, but if he doesn't play them during a turn, they, he takes damage from them. So I could, I could board in a card that would like end of their turn. Like when he was about to take damage from the, they're called blood debt cards. I could, I could banish two cards from his graveyard with blood debt into his, his graveyard. So when I do that, he takes an extra two damage that he wasn't even thinking of. So kind of a, you know, so like I, I, but I wouldn't play that in an against most other heroes. So that's, that's how that works. But uh, yeah. So once you do that, so you get one action per turn and um, you use the action point. They're called action points. Use the action point for an attack or some kind of other action. And if the attack or action has the words go again on it that means you can go again basically you get that action point back so you can go again so there's a lot of decks that like try to um chain that like you know keep going again keep going again but um hopefully if you're listening to this you already know all that and obviously i'm, I'm probably doing a terrible job of just talking about it um audio only um which is whatever i'll get better at it and if hopefully you guys are around for the ride uh but yeah, man, but I, I I really love the game. I mean, I I got completely annihilated today at the Road to Nationals event, and and I still had so much fun. And I, and only it made me um it made me want to get better for sure. I I left and I had a nice hour ride home, and I, I thought about the whole time. I was like, I can't wait to improve, which is uh, always a good sign. I mean, it's it, it's how I felt after my first Magic tournament, honestly. So. And, uh, yeah, so, um, um, I, you know, I'll talk a little bit about the place I played. Uh, it's called, uh, I'm, I'm from Jersey. I played in a place called Play, exclamation point Hoboken. It's in Hoboken, New Jersey. It's a pretty cool spot. You know, I'm, I'm only, I was only used to playing, um, like, card games and, and tournaments and stuff like that at, like, like a smaller level um, at, like, comic book shops and maybe, like, just some straight game shops, but... This place is kind of cool. I and mean, shout out to Play Hoboken. They have um, 
it's 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 like a it's like a BYO thing. You can bring beer or or wine or whatever to it, and you can they have virtual golf um, stalls that you can do for play pay for the hour. They have billiards. They got a ping pong section. I was like I was watching some of the people there playing ping pong, and they were like amazing. It was like you know it felt like I mean probably not Olympic level, but to me it was Olympic level ping pong playing. Which was pretty neat. Um, they got some pinball machines. They got some uh, arcade games, and then they have you know, spots for like TCGs, and they play D and D and and just board games in general. Really cool spot. They have like a mini kitchen that you can get, you know, like mozzarella sticks or like flatbread pizzas from, which is 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 really uh, really cool that they have that. I don't know what's going on back in that kitchen. It might just be like some guy with a microwave, but. Hey, listen, I got some mozzarella sticks and some fries, and it tasted pretty good to me. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm not bringing any booze to um, a tournament, you know, kind of be sharp, but it's cool to have the option. And uh, if I lived closer, I would, I would, I would, because it's like you just pay like a flat fee to play billiards all night or per hour, which would be cool. You just like, you know, shoot some pool. Bring some beer. You don't have to go to a bar and, 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 you know, spend a ton of money on, on drinks, you know, go get your $10 six pack or whatever and bring it to there with a buddy and, and split the cost on the pool table. It's, it's, it's pretty cool, but I digress. Um, I think it's a, now's a good time to get into the very first fresh and buds, uh, crack a pack. So the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to crack it and then, um, because they sometimes they have the the rares and stuff in the middle. Yeah, for Arcane Rising they have it in the middle. I'm gonna switch it to the back. I'm gonna I'm gonna approach it like I would like a, a draft pack, um, and I'm gonna look at each card. I'm gonna talk about each one. Um, you know the, these these cards have a pitch cost and they have a attack. Um, they have a or they have a cost to play and then they have a cost that you can pitch them for resources and then we're going to evaluate i'm going to tell talk about how i would evaluate that at least in a limited sense uh for the the commons and then we'll get to uh the rares and hopefully we, we crack something really good i mean i could use it for sure i mean the skull cap is in the set which would be amazing there's a couple other good cards in the set that would be awesome to open as well but um Without further ado, let's get into the first Fresh and Buds uh, pack, a, crack a pack, pack a crack. We're not packing a crack, I'll tell you that. But uh, we're gonna crack a pack real quick, and uh, and I'm gonna put this up to the mic so you can hear it. It's the best sound in the world. Oh yeah. It's like uh, what is that ASMR? Maybe I'll get a whole new uh, what's the word? Audience. Maybe if I, I'm having trouble with it because I'm, I'm trying to be extra loud with it. <laughs> but uh, first of all, let's talk about um, the packs themselves. They're very pretty looking packs. Sounds like a weird thing to talk about, but <clears throat> it is what it is. So I'm going to flip the, um, the rares to the back. And a token at the back. All right. First out of the pack in our commons is Sunkissed Red. 
And when I say red, there's three different colors. There's red, yellow, and blue. And that means that it basically is an extra indicator as to how many um, resource points that they pitch for. So red, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pitch for one. Its cost is zero. It's a generic action, so you can put it in any deck. I think it's, it's going to start with all the generics. So it's not an attack, so you can't really attack your opponent with this, but it has something going on. I need to get some light in here. Oh, it's fine. Uh, so Sunkiss reads, gain three life. So, you know, it's a little life gain card. If you played a card named Moonwish this turn, draw a card and Sunkiss gains go again. So if I was drafting, right, and I saw this card, maybe, maybe, I mean, I don't, I don't remember what Moonkiss does off the top of my head, but I feel like maybe that would be a cool combo to get going in, in draft. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it's not it's not good enough for constructed. It has a defense cost. It can defend for two, which isn't the best, right? A lot of the cards are defending for two or three. Um, three is obviously better, um, and and you know the twos, uh, it, it blocks enough, but it sometimes you know you just want that three. You got to have a a more powerful effect on the on the board state. Otherwise, um, if you're going to have two defense. So that's Sunkiss. And the next card is another generic action. So not another attack. So this is called Lead the Charge. It's red. Uh, pitches for one. It has a zero cost again. Another zero cost. The next time you play an action card with cost zero or greater this turn, gain one action point. Go again. Um, I kind of like that. I actually I don't know if I've ever read the card. Next time you play an action card, it costs zero or greater. So that's any card. Um, you gain an action point. So it's basically like giving any action uh, go again, but you can't have double go again. So it gets around that, right? So if you play this into a card that has go again, you're going to get get to go again, and you get the extra action point. So it's double go again, essentially. That's really cool, and it defends for two. I actually like this card quite a bit. I'm sure it's really strong and limited, and I could see it seeing some play in like some some decks um, that really need to combo off. Uh, yeah, so that's lead the charge. Let's go to the next card here. Fate foreseen. Uh, this is a generic defense reaction. Um, so when you attack um, your opponent or when someone attacks you, you get to play any card as a defense, um, like as using defense. Like I was saying before, those had two. You can play any action or, or any card with a defense um, uh, number. You can use to defend the incoming attack. And then, then the attacker gets a chance to do attack reactions, so like an additional... Um, uh, card and then the defender gets to do any defense reactions as well so this is one of those so uh it's a yellow it pitches for two it's fate foreseen it's zero cost which is great on defense reaction i feel like it's got a three defense cost which is pretty good 
as we said, and it also has another effect. It says opt one, which is like scrying in Magic. You look at the top card, you can keep it on top, put it on the bottom. I actually had this card played against me today, and it's pretty good. Some decks really uh, um, can make good use of this uh, this this effect. And opting is good. Like you get to really make sure you're going to draw into um, what you really need to draw into. So that's Fate Foreseen. The next we got Foresight. This is another generic action. Uh, it's a red. Cost um, it gives one uh, resource to pitch. And it costs, this one costs one. Um, it says the next action card you play this turn gains plus three attack. If Foresight is played from Arsenal, opt two. An Arsenal is a zone beneath your hero that you can place a card in your hand into at the end of your turn um, and then you can use it in for future turns you just can't pitch it to make resources anymore uh, then you get to go again um, seems seems pretty good it has a defense cost of two um, you know it, it does say like I, I do like cards that incentivize you to put into your arsenal because essentially when you do that you're guaranteeing an extra card in your theoretical hand for the next turn which is really cool uh, I like Foresight. Um, I would I would play that in a limited deck for sure. Uh, okay, now we're into some sp um, class-specific um, actions. This, is, this one's called Headshot. It's a yellow. Pitches for two. Cost one. It is a Ranger action. Arrow attack. So Rangers have arrows. They, they, have, a, they have a bow. So it, in parentheses, arrows can only be played from Arsenal. And only if you control bow. So, ideally, you have a ranger who's carrying a bow. And with these arrow cards, you put it in your arsenal, and then the next turn you get to use it. Um, if headshot is put into your arsenal face up, it gains plus two until end of turn. So, there's certain um, cards, and I think the ranger, I think her name is Azalea, the ranger uh, hero has a clause about putting cards face up into the arsenal. So that's pretty good. Um, he's got a defense of three, which is good. And um, you can hit for, for five, which is not bad at all. I like that. Next is uh, Locked and Loaded. Um, this is a mechanologist, mechanologist action. It's not an attack. It's just a straight-up uh, action. It's red. Pitches for one. Cost zero. Uh, and uh, dash is the mechanologist. Mm, that's going to be tough. Mechanologist uh, Heroes Dash. The the next Mechanologist action, <laughs> attack action card you play this turn gains plus three attack. If you have boosted, and that's a, a um, something that uh, Dash can let you do. If you have boosted this turn, opt one. Go again. Uh, I like this card. It uh, seems like uh, if, you, if you're boosting, if you're boosting up in your deck, I mean, this is going to be sweet. I don't know if it's good enough for constructed, but I definitely like it in a ranger or not ranger, uh, mechanologist um, limited deck. And then we got another ranger action. It's another arrow, arrow attack. It's called Sikkim Shot. Mm, interesting name. Um, it pitches for two. It's yellow. Cost one. Um, three attack, three defense, and go again. We like go again. Go again is awesome because you know you can. Build your turn off of. So I, I do enjoy that. Uh, next is Scalding Rune. It's a wizard action. Um, 
which uh, that was Kano I talked about earlier. Uh, pitches for one. It's a red. Costs one. Deals four arcane damage to target hero. So arcane damage is, is damage you can't really block with cards. Um, some equipment will prevent arcane damage. It's like it's like burn cards, essentially. So Kano likes to do a lot of burn damage. Um, paying one for four damage is pretty decent. Um, you know, a lot of times it can't be blocked, which is which is awesome. And it defends for three, which I do like. Um, next is uh, read the runes. It's uh, a rune blade action. So in this set was Viserai, was the rune blade hero. But now there's two other rune blade heroes at this point: uh, Chain and Levia. Um, so read the runes. Pitches for one. It's a red. Cost zero. It has two defense and it creates three rune chant tokens rune chant tokens are these tokens that when when a attack is played you sacrifice them and you deal one arcane damage per rune chant token which is kind of cool like it, you know it's like it gives you like an extra benefit to um your attacks later in the game i, I like that card quite a bit um next is zap another wizard action cost one or pitches for one cost zero Deal three damage to arcane um, target or three arcane damage to target hero. Defends for three. That's a really sick card. It's like lightning bolt. Awesome. Next is Voltic Bolt. I bet you can guess that is going to be a wizard action. It pitches for two. Has three defense. Costs two. Deals four dam four arcane damage to target hero. Also pretty good. Um, we have a. Um, uh, the token. Uh, don't worry about the token. So our first rare is take cover. This is a ranger defense reaction. Take cover. It pitches for one. It costs zero. Four defense, which is great. We like that on uh, defense reaction because you know all of a sudden the attacker attacks and maybe they block. Um, like you, like the attacker attacks with three, and then you block with three, and they're like, "Oh, or no, you, you they block with they attack with six, and they block with two, and they're like, oh, that's great.' And then all of a sudden you slam down that, you block for the full six, pretty sweet. Um, and it says it has reload. If you have no cards in your arsenal, you may put a card from your hand face down into the arsenal. Pretty cool. Uh, I imagine that's seen play in all the ranger decks. I've never played with one or seen one yet but um it seems like that would be um worth it and we are we have another rare it is oath of the arc knight this is a this is a card i actually played with uh with a different color of it different pitch cost uh because cards can have multiple same name different pitch costs and slightly different effects um pitches for one cost two your next rune blade attack this turn gains plus three attack, and then you create a rune chant token and go again, and it blocks for three. I think this card's really good. I would like to make a fully on rune chant deck. That would be really sweet, and I would definitely play this card, um, probably in, in multiples in in each color. Um, really cool. And then you get a foil in each pack. Uh, we did not get a rare foil, unfortunately, but it is a really cool looking foil. It's a card called Amplify the Arc Knight. It's a Runeblade action attack. Um, it pitches for one, but it costs three. However, 
It costs one less to play for each rune chant you control. And attacks for six. That's, that hits hard. So if you're like going in on rune chants, this, I mean, this could cost zero, which seems pretty good. And it defends for three. Um, I think uh, I think that's awesome. And the, the foiling is really cool in this card. He's got this sword, and it's just shiny enough. And, uh, and then we get, you always get an equipment. So we have a generic equipment. It's going to be used by any, um, any hero. It's called Bracers of Belief. It's a common. Um, it has zero defense, you know, which is, is less than ideal, but it has an action. It says, destroy uh, Bracers of Belief. Reveal the top card of your deck. If you do, the next attack action you, card you play this turn gains plus X attack, where X is three minus the pitch value of the card revealed this way. Go again. I do not like this card because if you flip a, a pitch cost um, or a pitch value, that's three, is you just sack this for nothing. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, there's a lot of different equipments. And uh, I don't think you should ever have to play that one. I mean, I guess it, it could be good. I mean, it's like you get sometimes a little extra juice on an attack. But yeah, that's our first crack pack. And um, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the um, the rares and foil aside. And I, maybe I'll do it. You know, I'll just do a giveaway at some point after I. Uh, open up enough obviously if i open something i really need in my decks i'm gonna keep it but i'm gonna put the stuff that i don't need in a little pile there and uh give it away at some point which would be awesome but uh yeah um but that's that's our first crack pack but uh you know the 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 last uh thing i wanted to talk about um for the episode is uh we're getting a new set in a couple weeks, uh, I believe in a month at this point, uh, Tales of Aria. So, um, we don't know a whole lot about it. It seems to be very magical driven, at least on the, the flavor side. However, there were three, um, there were three previews revealed tonight by, um, three different content creators and I want to make sure I call them out because um they deserve it they 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 did a they all each did a nice short video uh revealing these cards and um they did a great job so the first was uh DM Armada uh it's that's that's at Armada underscore DM on Twitter and I believe he revealed the the new the new hero one of the new heroes so i'm going to talk about them real quick i'm going to just bring up the picture here and you can find this online but i'm going to read it for you so it's lexi lexi's the new um elemental ranger hero so we talked about a lot about like some ranger cards so hopefully um with with her being a ranger there's gonna be new ranger cards in that set so Maybe uh, um, her or the other ranger hero, I think Azalea, um, they kind of have some more support and they get, um, they kind of get the, uh, the oomph that would take them into more competitive um, play, I guess would be the thing. But cool thing, Lexi Livewire, four intellect, four, 40 life, which is par for the course. 
Um, so it's interesting. This is something new we haven't seen on cards. She has Essence of Ice and Lightning. You may have Ice and Lightning cards in your deck. So I guess they're, th these are considered talents. So in Monarch, there was Light and Shadow. Nobody had Essence of Light and Shadow, though. So she sounds like she's going to, you know, blend um, the deck. So she's like a true, like almost like a true multicolored deck in a way. Uh, if you if you can um, compare it to Magic at all. And then she has a once per turn action. Turn a face down card in your arsenal face up. If it's a lightning card. So first of all, she's using the arsenal a lot like, like, uh, like all the Rangers like to do. Um, if it's a lightning card, your next attack this turn gains go again. That's a pretty good. So if it, we're going to assume we're going to see some good lightning cards. That's going to be pretty sweet. That's a pretty powerful effect. If it's an ice card, create a frostbite token under target hero's control. So we don't know what a frostbite token is. Um, I wonder if, um, you know, if, if I were to speculate what a frostbite token would be, I would say that that is a token that would prevent one action from having go again for your opponent so like if a if a, if something said go again they don't go again and they, they they lose the frostbite token which seems like a really annoying card like but like super controlling which is awesome um so hopefully you know hopefully they don't push it too much but that sounds pretty powerful um so we did get um well, initially, I mean, on the face, I think this card is going to be sweet as long as it has the, the right um, support. Um, I'm interested to see if it can use any of the Ranger cards from uh, Arcane Rising. But we will see. Um, and then they spoiled. And that was from. Let's see. I just want to make sure I get the uh, the contact creator's name. That was from Red Zone Rogue. Red Zone Rogue spoils Shiver, which is the bow. Which, uh, obviously, if you're a ranger using that, and, and allows you to use arrow cards. So, Shiver is a two-handed bow. And it has a once-per-turn instant. So, instants can be used at any time, and it doesn't take up an action point. It costs one resource. You may put an arrow card from your hand face up into an empty arsenal zone you control. If you do, choose one. It gains plus one attack until end of turn, or it gains dominate until dominate until end of turn. Dominate means that the uh, the defending player can only use one card to defend it. Now we we just saw something. We saw an arrow card earlier let me pick up this pack i feel like it would be good with this um so headshot we were just talking about headshot right that uh that arrow that said if headshot is put into your arsenal face up it gains plus two until the turn so if you had this in your hand right and you did the instant you would place it face up so that would automatically make it have five attack. 
So it had three initially, gets plus two from that effect. And then you can give it either plus one or dominate. Seems like a pretty good uh, pretty good combo there. I don't know. You guys sound off in the comments. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm liking it for sure, dude. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, obviously it has nothing to do with um, lightning or or ice or fire or lightning or, Jesus Christ, I'm already, yes, lightning or ice. It has nothing to do with that exactly other than it looks like super frosty and cold on the art. Um, and I posted all these um, pictures of the spoilers on my um, on my Twitter, Fresh Buds Pod. At Fresh Buzz Pod. Um, seems sweet. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I almost like that better with Azalea. I mean, obviously, it's probably fine with uh, Lexi. But I, I do like that um, bow with Azalea, which is kind of neat. And then uh, we got one more spoiler tonight. And this came from Kitchen Table TCG. They don't have a Twitter, but they, they, they I guess they're big on YouTube. You can look them up. And it's a card called Weave Lightning. This is a lightning action. It's a rare. Uh, this is a pitches for one. It's a red. Um, and it costs zero. Like it already. It's a lightning action, so it's not attack. Um, plus, there has two defense. It's just, you know, whatever. Take it or leave it. And it, its text says, the lightning, the, the next lightning or elemental Attack action card you play this turn gains plus three. If it's fused, it gains go again. Now, we don't know what fused means. We don't know what fused means. However, <clears throat> um, I imagine it's going to be a big part of this lightning um, and ice uh, jaundice going on. Uh, which means this card's probably weak. I mean, like, even if you flip that up in Lexi's arsenal. All right, because it's a lightning card. Um, your next attack's going to get go again anyway. So it doesn't even have to be fused. But, so, let's say you flip over, flip over Weave Lightning in Lexi's arsenal. Your next action is going to get go again, and it's going to get plus three easily. Pretty sweet, honestly. Honestly, I mean, I, I think uh, this seems like the kind of card that's going to really fuel this uh, lightning and ice card or lightning and ice deck or just elementals in general. We don't know what exactly uh, it means to be elemental, but it sounds like elemental means that they're going to have either a fire or ice or a lightning or ice um, kind of uh, talent. So be interested to see. Uh, it's all very exciting stuff. Um, I am pumped for spoiler season, which I believe starts September. So we'll start seeing it for real next week, which which, which will I'll do a episode probably. Um, uh, I mean, the beginning of next week for sure, and 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 hopefully, uh, I'll, maybe I'll just wait until the first so we can get some. Um, Actually, no, we're not going to wait till the first. We'll, we'll see. I, I might have a, another topic next week. That I, I kind of want, I, I want to do a show a week for sure. So I, I don't want to have to wait around. So maybe we'll see. I don't, do I, I do I know how to use my phone and look at the, um, the calendar? We don't know. Oh yeah. No, the first is a, is a Wednesday. So I, we're, we're going to have, um, an episode before the first, but, um, 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm pumped for Tales of uh, Aria. Hopefully, it's uh, accessible. I mean, they're going to do the first edition boxes first. They haven't announced when Unlimited is going to come out. Um, it's it's a first edition's tough because it's a little more expensive. Um, so um, especially with a lot of the callings happening, they're they're equivalent of the GP. People are going to want those cards, and 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 if there's some good cards in the set, they're going to be expensive. If it's only first edition, which is a very limited print run, so um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see what happens. But I'm pretty pumped about it. Um, and then I guess uh, you know just um, want to go over quickly the tournament results for me. I, I mean I uh, I mean you know I I went I lost every round, guys. I'm going to be honest with you, but. First event came with a budget deck, played pretty well, only made a few mistakes. You know, I, I my my only real mistakes was not reading my opponent's cards as much, and also believing one of my opponents who gave me a ruling on a card, and it turned out to be wrong. I was like, oh, why am I playing this card if it's that bad? And it turned out to be uh, the guy was wrong, and I just didn't challenge him on it. So that's on, that's on me. That's on me. And I totally accept that. Uh, but I had fun anyway. Um, first first round I played against Dorinthia. Which I think is the warrior class. Um, she, kicked, uh, she kicked my butt. I'll tell you that. Um, and um, it, it's, it's a cool deck because like, it just like overpowers you so quickly. And I just couldn't get a real foothold um, against it. I was playing Chain, um, and then I played against Bravo, which is another kind of like, it's a dominate deck, basically, so like, they get you on the back foot, and you know, and they don't stop beating you until um, you're beaten into a pulp, um, but that game was pretty close. Honestly, um, I was, if I had defended with one more card at the end, he had a nice attack reaction. Uh, I would have survived, and I would have had a big turn the following turn, and I probably would have won. Um, I didn't count it out, but you know, for the sake of the podcast, I would have destroyed him honestly if I just did that one thing differently. Um, but, uh, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, he beat me. But um, and then I played against two Katsu decks, which is a ninja deck, um, and that was. That deck was more of a that those losses were more of a me misunderstanding how his cards worked, or their cards. I played against two people um, that played the same deck. Um, I should have I should have read the cards a little bit better. Um, I let things slip that I I shouldn't have, and I could have done something differently. But you know what? You know, at that point, I was already out of any chance for top eight, so I was just trying to have fun and 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 focus on my game. Maybe I was focusing my game a little bit too much. But they were still close games. Um, I'm, I'm sure if I had um, paid a little more attention to how their cards worked, um, I, I could have won. But um, you know, but I didn't, and it's not really an excuse. So, uh, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to improve, and I want you guys to improve with me. And I'm going to try to go over strategy as much as I can in episodes. And um, you know, I hope uh, that. Um, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the podcast, and I hope you guys um, want to stick around. Um, and uh, one thing I've noticed about the communities is very accepting and um, super friendly. 
um, so far. Um, everybody I talked to today, I've made some friends, and I, I'm I'm excited to continue uh, the flesh and blood journey, um, especially through this podcast, good old fresh and buds. So, uh, yeah, you can. Uh, I'm gonna post this on Anchor, and Anchor um, distributes the podcast to all the other podcast apps. It might take a little bit, so um, you know you can always listen through. Uh, anchor but i think it will be because anchor is owned by spotify i'm sure it will be available through spotify like almost immediately um and um yeah yeah and then uh, you can follow me on twitter uh it's uh fresh bud fresh buds pod at fresh buds pod and then i have a youtube channel uh let me just bring that up real quick i'm i'm i don't know how much i'm gonna use it but um wait let me uh make sure i open up the right one here i don't know how much i'm going to use it but uh i think i might just post i they might just have the logo but i'm just gonna post uh because i'm not doing video at least as of now i just don't have the you know equipment and you know I, i i enjoy the audio um sphere but um you can just search Fresh and Buds on, on YouTube. I'll post this one on there. It'll just kind of have the logo up and and the audio. And uh, you can listen to it. If that's how you like to listen to your podcast, I'll make sure that I put it up on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you can subscribe on there. And if you're on iTunes uh, listening, it might take a while for iTunes to show up. But if you are, um, rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, um, you know, I'm sure I'll get a discord going at uh, at some point, but, but, you know, follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm very, you know, active on Twitter. Um, and, uh, you know, and if you ever have any questions, feel free to shoot them at me. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll do mailbag episodes at some point. Um, and, uh, and, and if, and if you, if you want to, I mean, if you know someone who wants to go on the podcast or you want to go on the podcast, I'm, I'm not opposed to it you know, hop on, we'll, you know, we'll do this virtual and give me, I, I just like talking shop, honestly. And, uh, and then, and, and, uh, you know, I have to reiterate, I, I think this game has a, a bright future. Um, they have a lot of space to grow and, uh, they, they're off to a hot start, especially in the competitive community. And I think, um, a lot like Commander or EDH in, in, in Magic, the, the even the idea of having your own hero where you build a deck around it is like like a commander is is pretty exciting. Um, for even the more casual players and, and I hope uh, hope to see this game grow because I, I enjoy it quite a bit. And uh, I've i you know, I like everybody that I've uh, interacted with so far, but uh, yeah. Um that has been the first episode of Fresh and Buds, and I, I'm trying to think of a way to kind of uh, end the episodes. Um, I was thinking like anecdotes, you know. I, you know, I'm a big uh, limited resources fan, uh, Magic, uh, Marshall Sutcliffe, and LSV, and I like their sign-offs. Uh, I won't do like that. Um, the the quick pause of like the the show's over. Here's a sign-off. Uh, I'm gonna do more of a just uh, probably like an anecdote to. Um, kind of send people on their way, but uh, I don't even think of one. What kind of podcast host am I? Um, you know, I just uh, I'll, I'll talk about um, I'll talk about 
um, the only legendaries I've opened in, in packs. I have my binder right here. You guys might be interested to hear. I mean, you know, it's not the legendaries I want. I need the Arcanine Skullcab badly. But, you know, all things considered, I think there's one card. So I have a Skullbone Crosswrap, which is a legendary Ranger equipment for the head. So it defends for one, which is fine. Once per turn action, turn a face down card in your arsenal, face up, opt one, go again. So that is already good with ranger cards, obviously. It's got arcane barrier, which you can pitch. You can pay one resource to prevent one arcane damage. And then it has blade break. So if you do defend with it, you got to destroy the card. And then my first legendary that opened was Teclo Foundry Heart. The Mechalangelist equipment. It's chest. Um, it has nice two defense, which is great for an equipment. Um, with Battle Warren. So, as it, uh, it each, each time it takes, uh, each time it blocks, you just put a minus one counter on it. So, it can only block for one less the next time. But it has a once per turn action. Banish, or pay one to banish the top two cards of your deck. Gain one resource point for each Mechalodulous card banished this way. Activate this ability only if you have banished this or boosted this turn. Go again. So this is for the boosty decks. So those are my two legendaries. So, you know, um, I've thought about building the Ranger deck. I'm going to wait till Tales of Aria. I mean, since I have that pretty sweet helmet, um, I think, uh, yeah, that's probably where I'm going to go next. I mean, I, I do really like playing Chain, but it's very complicated, and some of the cards are very expensive. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens. But, uh, uh, yeah, but that's been, uh, that's been Fresh and Buds. Uh, I'm Tommy Fresh, and you guys are my buds. See you.